Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember, I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, this station's mask. haven't been busy enough it's, it's been a little rough this year but i mean i think that's that's kind of uh norm the, the yeah the new norm or at least the 20 it's the 2020 norm at least i hope it's not the new norm i hope it doesn't stay this way uh because yeah. if this uh if this continues to be the norm into 2021 uh geez the uh uh Maybe it'll be better. I mean, it might be the quote-unquote new norm, but maybe it'll be a little bit better because we do know what we should be doing. It's just a matter of if people will go by that. Because <laughs> there's still there's still people who don't believe in the, the virus. So, you know, you, you have that, which is just until they get it. <laughs> like, oh, wait, this was, this is real. Like, yeah, it's it's real, man. <laughs> you don't have to get things to know it's not real. Like, I don't, I don't have to touch fire to know it's hot. I know it's hot. But... Yes. Takes me one or two times before, you know, I figure out that, you know, my <laughs> you know, some people are a little hard headed, I guess. Like, oh, that's hot. Hang on. Let me just slow learner. That's, uh, that's, I'm a slow learner. What can I tell you? Oh, man. Well, I'm, again, like I said, I'm glad to have you guys here and discussing the crumbs. Craig set this interview up. So I guess I got to give a shout out to Craig, which I worked Craig. Had him on here, him and Dave on here for the evil down the street. And I will say I love their work. I like how they kind of even if it's like a similar style story to other stories, they still do it way different than anyone else would. Way different. Mm-hmm. Put their own twist on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. The evil yeah. down the street was a was a very different type of uh possession uh mm-hmm. horror film because it really wasn't uh it didn't have a lot of shock value horror to it. It, 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 it really remained very subtle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of liked it for that reason, because it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a typical possession movie with, you know, head spinning and pea soup flying across the room and, and uh, you know, caked on layers of makeup for, for the demonic possession and all of that. Uh, it, it was just, it was a lot more subtle and a lot more just, kind of psychological uh, horror of watching a loved one turn into somebody that you don't know anymore, you know? Put more realism to it, in a sense, with that, with that, without all the extra stuff. And I, I just enjoyed it. And I, like, um, me, I'm more of a slasher type of person. Like, that's my favorite type of horror movie. But I'm getting more into the main, one thing is because of the podcast, too, because my wife loves, like, Paranormal. So we'll watch a lot of that. So I, I'm getting more into, like, all the other brands of horror. Not that I didn't like them before, but I'm starting to appreciate them a lot more. Yeah. And my favorite type of horror is, is the kind of movies that could actually happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a, a serial killer yeah. or uh, that type of horror or, or uh, one of the best horror movies I think I've ever seen was uh, called funny games. 
and it was a it was about a home invasion. Mm-hmm. It, it was and and all of the horror was uh, was just the was just the tension and the yeah. the, the the terror that this family goes through when these uh, crazy motherfuckers invade their home and hold them hostage. Uh, and I I think that that's the most terrifying type of story because you know, you can really relate to that. You can really see that happening IRL, yeah. as the kids say. Yeah. I guess you could throw in, um, if you're going to use that movie, I would say uh, yeah. Strangers. Hmm. Strangers, you see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Hush as well. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um, like uh, The Loved Ones, Australian Horror. Um kidnapping and torture things like that there's a lot of good fact-based stuff coming out of australia like wolf creek as well wolf um, creek yes yeah another yeah. great one I give you and uh, i love australian <laughs> horror movies uh the have you ever seen the baba duke australian horror movie i, I absolutely see, i seen that yeah uh, that to that that was really 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 well done i mean and that's that's one of those uh, uh, that's normally that's not the type of horror movie that I'm that I'm attracted to and that mm-hmm. I that I find that compelling. But mm-hmm. that one was done so well uh, with, you know, all the all the really the, the jump scares that are so popular now that they're not even scary anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, you had those in the Babadook where they were used so effectively Um and it really got you. And, and I think the reason it really got you is because it made you care about the central characters. It made you care about the mother and her son. Mm. Uh, and it made you, you know, caring about the, 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 the people makes you worry for them. And it mm. puts you in the story with them. And uh, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's the, that's the thing that makes horror movies, uh, succeed or fail is how much you care about the characters that's what makes any movie succeed or fail really but uh, i think especially horror movies you have to sympathize uh you have to you have to be in it with the character you know you guys should hunt down the new release called blind um i saw it on its los angeles premiere i have never connected with or sympathized with the character as much as I did with the female lead in Blind, played by the amazing Sarah French. Um, Blind is a film by Marcel Waltz, and um, all I'm saying is just find it. It was released um, last month, I think, um, on streaming and DVD and whatnot. So it is one of the most brilliant independent horror movies I've seen recently. Also, it's IRL. Um, can happen to anyone. <laughs> It's not yeah. goobies and goose, ghosties and shit hiding under your bed, you know. Um, just find it and watch it. And Blind. Enjoy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of, uh, of sympathizing with the characters and, and getting to know the characters, uh, another one that I thought was amazing was The Haunting of Hill House mm-hmm. on Netflix which is like a 10 part series. I didn't think I was going to like it. I thought that, you know, in, 
uh, 10 episodes, it, it was going to stop being compelling at some point because usually series, horror series, at some point they usually lose me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been able to get through an entire season of American Horror Story because I, at, at some point in each season, it just loses me. I stopped caring about the characters at some point. Uh, and I know that you love American Horror Story, uh, uh, Maria, uh, and a lot of people do. It's apparently, it's, but for whatever reason, it, it's just not my cup of tea. It's not my bag of donuts. Uh, but uh, at some point in, in every season that I've tried to get into, uh, I've just stopped caring about this, the characters at some point uh, during the season. I think the first season I made it through like eight of ten episodes and I was just like, you know, I'm not really interested to know how this story ends because I don't care about these people. Hopefully, mm-hmm. and and I will I will use this as a segue. Watch 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 the segue skills. Hopefully, uh, we've accomplished in in the crumbs uh, what we're talking about, and that is making the audience care about the central characters. See how I segued into into our movie. I like, I like that. What I, what I do want to say about your movie is how I was saying earlier about how Craig and David kind of have similarities to other movies that I've seen. This movie kind of reminds me of, in a small, small way, maybe because of the family and because of what they do, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I've heard that comparison a few times, and I think it, it, it's a good one uh, to a point, because obviously there's there's not a lot of gore and, and, and shock and yeah. jump scares. And, and all of that, and and there's not kids, you know, screaming and running through the woods in every scene. We do have a couple of scenes of kids screaming and running through the woods, uh, it, but uh, it's not. That's not what our movie's about. Uh, like the che- che- blah, 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 blah. like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or or the Hills Have Eyes, mm. or Wrong Turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, those type of movies with with. Uh, uh, a family or a clan that is victimizing passers through. Mm. Uh, it is that it is that kind of genre, but we do something very different with oh, yeah. with the genre, with, or right. subgenre, I should say. Yeah, you guys, you guys definitely do. I, I like. I, I enjoyed just. I I really enjoyed this movie a lot. I watched it with my wife, and she wanted me to tell you guys that she really loved the movie. But I I just enjoyed it because it was just again like I said I say like similar to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but a lot more like a calm way calmer version. And I don't mean this in a, a bad way, but like a more intelligent version, just because of what was going on. Like you weren't like a wild. Well, you guys are crazy for what you were doing, but you weren't right. But not yeah, you weren't. Yeah. But we were quite civilized about it. There you uh, we, you guys, we went about it in a very civilized way and very genteel about, you know, how we, you know, we, we were in, in fact, uh, pretty, um, uh, humane, uh, about how we treated our, even our victims. Uh, nobody, nobody suffered too much. We didn't torture anybody. We just, boom, dispatched them, uh, as quickly as possible and got them on the table or in the refrigerator, uh, <laughs> In in uh, post haste, <laughs> so we were we were pretty humane the way we went about it. The kind of the way you know people who who raise 
you know, free range beef cattle uh, are with their animals, you know? Yes. <laughs> I can see. I can see that. I like the way the lab looked. Like it's simple. That set design, uh, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, maybe you you'll remember better, Maria. Was it Alan Albeshire that designed the set? Honestly, I I'm was, not sure. I'm I, I know it was Alan Al Albeshire Abishire and sorry Alan if I'm butchering your name um, but he did such a cool uh, set design on mm. that on that lab that was my favorite uh, location yeah the lab, that was cool and like um I had so I had Chelsea on the podcast a few times and before the crumbs came out she did you know, she could promote it, but she really couldn't say too much. But she was like, I wish I could show you the lab. It looks so cool, but <laughs> there's nothing like I can't do anything. I can't. Like, that's one thing they definitely don't want us to. You just got to see it. And when I seen this movie, I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Just it's so cool. And I like how it's just like at the house downstairs, you know, downstairs. And the room that it's in is like a dark room, which I like. So it makes mm -hmm. it gives you that creepy factor. But then you see all the. <laughs> Oh, what the, hell? the beakers and all that other cool stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, this this is pretty cool. This looks fun. I mean, depending on which, if you're the Crumbs family, that looks fun. If you're on the other end of it. That's, <laughs> that's so much. <laughs> hey, Maria. Uh, well, I was going to say, um, I was going to mention how, how pleased I was with how the film turned out uh, at the end after the editing uh, process and all the post was done. Because uh, our our process of, of uh, shooting the film was real quick and dirty. And I wasn't actually sure that we had everything that we needed, you know, for them to stitch it together and make it, you know, really sing in, uh, in, in the final product. And I saw, I don't know if you ever saw, but I saw a rough cut of the film. And uh, after watching that rough cut, I was like, yeah. I, Oops. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I want my friends and family to see this because that first rough cut edit, I, I was like, yee. But they made a few adjustments, mm -hmm. uh, a, a couple really brilliant adjustments, okay. honestly. And and some and also some very obvious adjustments. When I watched that rough cut, I was like, "There's like the camera is on this guy for like 15 seconds, just watching him get off his motorcycle and walk into the cabin." It was like you know, 15 yeah. seconds, yeah. and and the whole cut was littered with with shots like that, where it was just obvious. We just need to cut this moment out. We don't need to, you know, we're not learning anything about the character by watching him get off his motorcycle. So they, they made a lot of the obvious ones, but then they also made a few like really kind of brilliant adjustments, like putting the uh, home invasion scene, uh, hey, home invasion, a mm. uh, little callback to what we were talking about earlier, but that home invasion scene at the very top of the movie was originally gonna be in the middle of the film somewhere. Right. And Placing it where they did in the in the final edit was pretty brilliant, I thought. Uh, and they made a few other very clever cuts like that. But did you, uh, Maria? Did you have? Uh, were you completely confident about this project from the get go, or, or like me, did you have 
some some misgivings and doubts as to whether it was going to come together. I'm never confident fully about any project because from experience, I know that even the you know best written, best acted, best shot, best edited thing can still not get out there for some arbitrary reason, you know. Um, so I generally don't make judgments about something until I've seen it. And that's sort of like a catch-22 because I generally don't run to watch my things because I don't like watching myself, especially when I have a big role like I do in The Crumbs, which, and I will confess, I have not yet seen. Oh. I'm at least 15, 20 films behind, okay, in watching my stuff. I've shot things <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago that I have not yet seen, and that is out there. Um, two reasons. I don't like watching myself. I'm too, um, too, I criticize myself too much, you know, and that sort of inhibits the audition I will do tomorrow or the shoot I will do tomorrow sort of thing. Um, and I don't want to be that inhibited because I'm so self-critical. And number two, um, if I have time to watch something, I will always choose to watch something I don't know the story of rather than something that I've actually lived through. Yeah. And I know very, very well. That makes you know, I... Totally, we'll go to screenings, but in this COVID day and age, we don't have screenings anymore. Yeah. You know? So, and even with screenings, I have to be dragged kicking and screaming onto the red carpet for pictures. I generally hide. I don't like that aspect of it. I like the exploration of character, the connection between actors, the craft of it, rather than the glitzy whatever, or even watching it. I don't know. I'm weird. I'm strange. <laughs> well, in, in terms of having a screening, I've noticed a lot of people these days are doing these uh, Facebook watch parties. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, hey, I'm just going to put this out there for Dave and Craig when you guys see this podcast. Have you ever thought about putting together a Facebook watch party for the film? Invite everybody who was part of it invite everybody who was interested in it and uh I, i'm not sure exactly how facebook watch parties work is it like mystery science 3000 where you can all talk during the film and and make you know your comments while you're watching because that would be kind of fun uh or is it something where everybody's just watching the same thing at the same time and and you don't really have a discussion about it uh, maybe until the end i don't know with, with, um, with the facebook watch parties if they still happen, if they still Facebook didn't take it, <laughs> excuse me, didn't take it down, you can all watch it together and everything, but you can't talk like this. It'd be through typing. But if somebody had like, um, like I use Zoom, and then through Zoom I have a restream thing. Oh, cool. And then there's like uh, Streamlabs. If you have like something like that, to where you have like share your screen and share it on like Facebook and Twitch, mm. then you can like say if the actors were in the Zoom party, for example, sh sharing the movie to the screen. And maybe a fan or whoever, maybe the actors and the directors, then you guys can kind of discuss it while the fans can watch it and they can comment. Mm. But I think that'd be a great I, idea. I like the fact that there's like a, a, a there, so there's a text uh, feature on Facebook watch parties where you can make comments in text notes yep. Yep. That, that come up during the, during the screening for yep. other people to see. 
that's pretty cool. So that's kind of like a, a little like a text version of Mystery Science Theater three thousand, yeah. where you know you can you can comment on the film as it's as it's playing, okay. uh, and everybody's enjoying. I, I think that would be a fun experience uh, mm -hmm. to throw something like that together for the crumbs uh, in in yeah. lieu of the screening that we never got to have. Mm, I agree. I think both ways would be cool though, because it and, and we should we should invite all of our podcasters too. Everybody who's been uh, who's been helping us promote the film uh, because mm -hmm. you guys are great. I, I really appreciate you guys getting some eyeballs to our little uh, project here. Agreed. I enjoy, I enjoy horror so much, and like I'll say, within the past, maybe I started the show three years this January. So I'll say within the past three four years when I really learned about indie horror, like as far as like indie horror and this stuff and you know fan films so i'm like oh crap this is awesome so why why wouldn't i want to try to help push this out more because it's for the fans by the fans that's the way i look at it it's people who are actually a fan of the genre that are making these movies and good or, i mean good or bad they're trying versus hollywood throwing out some stuff they just slap together i'm not saying yeah. that involved in the movie aren't always fans but there's a lot of times they're just like okay well the majority of people aren't fans; they're in it for the dollar. These ten people are fans, but they have no power over the film. So, yeah, I love, yeah. I love indie. I love it. Cool. Yeah, and and we love that that you guys are out there doing what you do uh, to to push little independent projects like this, because uh, you know guys like you uh, are probably increasing our audience. You know by by a really significant percentage. I mean, because, you know, films like this, we're going to have a, a, a pretty small, narrow niche audience. Um, and it's not going to get a, out to a lot of eyeballs unless, you know, uh, that niche audience, people who, who have the attention of the niche audience are yeah. giving us some, some word of mouth. Uh, so it really helps, and uh, I love that you guys do what you do. That you do what you do, and uh, there's been several other podcasters that that have contacted me for, uh, and and contacted Maria for uh, for interviews. Uh, so it it helps us so much, it, it, and uh, yeah, yeah, we appreciate it, man. It's, I'm, for me, it's fun, and then like what I what I enjoy about it, besides the, I get to talk more horror. Who doesn't want to do that? Is I get. I'm honored that you guys come on my show because it's not like I mean I know what you're saying like we help promote it but it's like I'm just a I'm just a, I'm just like a a single show like you know I, I'm on a network now that I'm starting with some friends but cool it's one of these things where it's just like I you never think you'll get the opportunity to talk in the, to talk to these people that are in these movies big or whether it's the Hollywood ones or the indie ones I'm just like this is so cool people want to come on my show to discuss their movie and promote their movie like I never thought that would happen ever and i'm now i'm just like i gotta keep doing this because it's i have so much fun doing it whether it's the movie reviews or the interviews because you learn so much you learn so much about other horror fans actors actresses directors all that stuff but by just letting them come on and just kind of say what they want and discuss their discuss not only what they do as far as what they did in the movies and promote their movies but just in general like what got them into this genre what got them into this work field and you know like what's what's their goals upon that and it's cool to see people grow like i love watching people grow whether it's other podcasters again actors act, all that stuff it's cool when someone comes on my show and say the first time they come on my show they're they're not the lead role second time they come on my show they're not the lead role third and fourth time like hey these past couple movies i was the lead role 
I'm just like, yeah, that's just awesome seeing that growth and seeing how you grow grew personally from somebody who's like, I know people come on that are like really shy when they first come on. And then the second and third time they come on, they're just, it's like they're completely, complete opposite, complete 180. I think it's beautiful. And most of it's been indie. Most of it's been indie, which I understand. So that's <laughs> my door. My door is open for anybody who's a horror fan, but indie's like always first because indie's never been like, no. <laughs> Some people have been like, no, don't give you a reason, which I'm not mad at. You want to come back around and say, you know, when my numbers grow, you want to come back around then? Yes, I'll let you come on. But India, but hey, India guys, you guys want to come in? All right, come on. You got to wait. <laughs> <laughs> you got to wait your turn. Because I'm the type of person, I'm I'm a loyal person when it comes to stuff like that. Like these guys sat down and took your time to come on my show. Yes, you're promoting your movie, but you still took your time to come on my show. So, you know, come on in. I wanted to ask you as an audience member, uh, uh, when you watched the film, uh, did the accent switching throw you at all? Did, did you, first of all, did you notice it? Did it bother you? And, and, and did you kind of figure it out as you watched it? Or did it take you a while to figure out what, what, the, what the accent switching was happening or why it was happening? It's it's uh, <laughs> now I got to rewatch it again. <laughs> I watched it. <laughs> I was watching it earlier as I was working, just to kind of listen to it, to give myself a refresher. But now I got to watch it again, just to kind of really, really, really pay attention to it. But if I'm not mistaken, which I could be, was it be it was between guests, right? Switching it up between guests, which of course I understand that because it's like okay, I got to throw these people off a little bit. And another thing I did love, not just that. Well, the accent thing I got to check out again. But what I did love is how, again, this is why I say it was like a smarter version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If the people had reservations, they had a great meal, they had a nice sleep, and they were on their way. No reservation, just popping up. That's like that person that just comes to your house, that annoying person just comes over uninvited. You know, you get what you get. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how this was. I was like, yes, I like that. I like that a lot. The reason I asked is because the one uh, comment that I'd received from Facebook friends who watched the movie and also uh, a couple of user reviews that I saw on IMDb and Amazon uh, where they they knocked the film because they thought that the accent switching was just the actors coming out of character. And they were like, oh, yeah, that Jeff Hatch guy was the worst with his accent. There were like four or five scenes where he completely dropped his accent. And you just coming out. You had one job, man. Just stay in character. And I'm all like, uh, I guess it didn't. I didn't. It, 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 it didn't it read. Didn't that you guys had different guests for each. Like when you guys did change your accent, you had different guests. It wasn't. It had been different if it was like, say, if I'm in the movie and, and I'm in every scene, you guys are changing your accents with me in the room every scene but I'm not a part of the whole crumbs thing that would yeah. be different. But when it's like, there's different people in the, it well, the point of it was just to clue the audience in that we weren't really who we said we were. Yeah. We, we're telling everybody that we're locals. We're just, we're just a family that's lived in this area our entire lives. And we're one of you. Uh, and, but when we're among ourselves, <clears throat> the mask comes off and we speak to each other in our in our original accent and and you know that's that's when you kind of get clued in that hey wait what's going on with that why are they talking 
in a British accent. Now they're talking in an American accent now. And then <clears throat> eventually the audience should get clued in that we're only talking in the American accent amongst our guests or strangers. Right. And uh, yeah, that was one plot point in the movie that uh, seemed to confuse some people. So uh, I was wondering just as an audience member, if it, if it bothered you, it, it doesn't sound like it bothered you. It sounds like you, you just kind of accepted it for what it was and you kind of understood, okay, this is not actors coming out of character. This is being done for a reason. You, yeah. you at least got, you, you realized that. I, I and, enough horror, good and bad to know the difference between somebody messing up with an accent in a scene where they're supposed to be and someone just like, okay, this, this is how it's supposed to be. Mm. And it's just, I think, be honest, I think being on this, sh doing this show, being a podcaster kind of makes you open your eyes and ears and close your mouth a little bit more when you're watching these type of movies because you really have to pay attention, especially when people, are, we know when we do our reviews and we do our interviews, it's like, okay, I have to know what's going on. I have to at least kind of know what's going on. At, at the very least, I kind of know what's going on. I can't go in here blind and just expect to do this blind. But, I mean, some people, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, oh, I love. I love which this is a spoiler, people. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it already. Go watch it now. How the sheriff was in on it. I knew it from. I had that feeling from early in the movie, and I, again, another thing with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But he wasn't as violent. <laughs> he was kind of mm -hmm. nice, calm. But I was just like. I loved his performance, Robert Crow, because uh, I mean he was just he was just deadpan. You know, he was subtle. You never, you know, he he didn't do anything uh, in in his delivery to cue the audience that he was in on it. If you got cued in, if you got clued in that that he was in on it, it's it's just because you were paying attention to. You know, and and you kind of know what kind of movie this is. Yeah. And, you know, uh, so if you got clued in, it's just you're a clever audience member and you're, you know, you're you're paying attention. Uh, but I liked his performance so much because uh, you would have never guessed by his delivery that, that he was in. There was no wink and a nod. Uh, he was just, you know, straight arrow exactly. all the way up until the last moment of the film. Yeah. Exactly. Which was just perfect. It was perfect. But I feel like, again, it's one of those things to where I feel if you're if I'm not gonna say if you're a true horror fan, I hate that. But if you're someone who really, really pays attention, you would have got it like you're saying you would have been kind of clued in on it. Because he was real subtle with everything. But it seemed every time something happened to where the um, <coughs> oh, what is the other cop called? The other Valente. Cop. The 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 PI that was Valenti. Yeah, David's character. Yeah, and that that was our director's character. Yes. Every time he was involved in the scene, the sheriff was there. Every time he was he was there or he was about to be there. I'm just like, this this, this doesn't add yeah. up. Right. This doesn't you know <laughs> this add, this doesn't add up right at all. Yeah, and, they were kind of a good cop bad cop pairing because you always saw them together, and it was always the one cop was was was, you know, on a mission and, and the other cop was all like, ah, you know, the, you're, you're off on there. You're, you're way off, buddy. These people are just fine. They're, they're nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Go, move, move along, move along. And the other guys, you know, continuously, no, there's something wrong here. There's something going on. 
so uh, it was a kind of a cool uh, pairing and, and just you saying that uh, kind of made me realize that, that there was a kind of a good cop, bad cop vibe going on between those two, because I, I, I honestly didn't, it didn't, uh, uh, it didn't really enter my consciousness that they were always in the scenes together and they, and they really were with only a couple exceptions. And Craig's character, the first time I seen this movie, right? I didn't notice him. All right, I noticed him in the woods, but I didn't realize it was him. Like I remember, I was talking to, I was talking to my wife. She's like, "Was that Craig?" I was like, "I think so," but I'm not 100 percent sure. And the credits going, like, "Yep, that was him." And I'm, I have the movie on mute right now, playing in the background, and it's actually the two police officers talking by the uh, the mini mart, and you see the guy, you see Craig laying in front of the mini mart. And I just noticed that. Small things like that, I love that detail in these type of movies because it's just like. Some people might be like, "Oh, it's just somebody like," but yes, but that's one of the direct. That's one of the producers, directors of the film. Yeah, yeah, Craig's character was a little more featured in the in the original, the rough cut that I saw, and and it made a. I wish they'd have left him in a little bit more, uh, but a, a bunch, a few of his appearances throughout the film got left on the cutting room floor uh, because they had to trim the movie for time, and so the yeah. the two or three appearances that he still has in the movie. Uh, it, it feels like he just kind of comes out of nowhere and, and his character never really pays off. Mm-hmm. His character is never really meant to pay off, but he, he was meant to be more featured in the movie uh, as just sort of this mystery presence, this this weird, you know, hermit living in the woods. What's he doing? You know, it's, it's, it's supposed to make the audience go, hmm, what's, what's up with that guy? And, and what significance does mm-hmm. he have? And uh, I, I kind of wanted, uh, I kind of wanted a, a like a, uh, I don't know, like a post-credit scene that would that would pay off the the hermit in the woods character a little bit more. But uh, David and Craig, they just wanted him to to kind of be in there as uh, just sort of this mystery character, this, this sort of WTF, like <laughs> it worked. What, what is a what's with the homeless dude <laughs> anyway uh but yeah i wish that he'd uh he'd either have been left in a little bit more or 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 trimmed out to to where it wasn't a, a you know unask the question kind of thing uh because the the couple appearances that he makes in the film seem to just kind of really make the audience scratch their head going was Why it, did this random guy just pop into the movie, you know, a couple of times and they never mentioned who he is? See, uh, I, I liked it in the fact of just because it kind of gave it some realism to me in a sense, because you do see homeless people wherever you go. And I mean, there he could either home. You could say homeless or for horror movies, you could say the town drunk. He could have been either or. Yeah, he was just kind of, I mean, laid out in front of the mini mart and then just in the woods <laughs> like that's. It's two scenes where you would see them in these type of movies. So it's just I'm like, hey, it works. It, it, for me, it works. I'm not mad at it at all. If we ever get a sequel, uh, I want to see I want to see that character and I want to I want to get some backstory on him. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Maybe I, maybe he's a part of the family and he got kicked out of the family for whatever reason. Who hey, something. That could work. I had a little discussion with uh <laughs> I had a little discussion with David, our director, about his character 
uh, about Craig's character and, and the fact that he wasn't really ever paid off in the movie and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. what, what might be done with his character uh, in, in a sequel. And what you just said uh, was, was sort of where my thoughts were, were drifting. Like, you know, what if he's mm. part of the clan, but uh, you know, like maybe a, an outcast from long ago or somebody that we thought was dead. There you go. Greg, make it happen. David, get on it. We need it. We want it. <laughs> this is speaking from a fan's perspective too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're in post with Demon Hunter right now, so it'll be a while. Yes. Yeah, these guys. Yes. Again, this this movie was a great movie. Though. I really, I really do feel like if you're a horror fan, you definitely got to check it out. There's not a lot. There's not a lot of blood, guts, and gore and craziness to it, but it's still a great movie, a great story. I think you could tell a better. As much as I love slashers, you could tell a better story when the movie's not too gory and all this other craziness because. That's what you're looking for. That's what you're expecting. That's what you want. So you're not yeah. really paying attention to the story. Even if the story is good for a slash, you're not really paying attention either way because you're like, oh, wow, look at that guy that just got chopped in half. That was awesome. Versus something like this where it's more of a slow burn, but you get so much out of it. You get to see the connection with people. You get to see the connection with the family. And I think that's awesome. I think it wor It just works. It helps. It's for this type of film, too. It's just perfect. It works. Yeah. And, and you know the the lack of gore uh, was was partly a, a, an artistic choice on on David and Craig's part, yeah. and it was also partly you know budgetary restrictions. We we had a couple of blood gags uh, that that just didn't work, and we didn't have the time or the resources to reshoot those you know and, and to shoot it and shoot it and shoot it until we got it right. Uh, so we just had to cut around it and 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 leave the the really couple of uh, more gory kills on the cutting room floor. Unfortunately, because I think that it, it would have had a little bit more impact. A couple of the kills would have had a little more impact with maybe even just throwing in some CGI blood or something. Um, but they they decided no, you know, it kind of works like this. It kind of works without all the blood. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of uh, of the first uh, Jaws movie, Steven Spielberg's, uh, you know, mm -hmm. near catastrophe. Uh, it turned out to, to be a, a brilliant mistake that they couldn't get the shark to work because they had to cut around it. They had to cut yeah. the shark out most of the movie until the very end. And that built so much more tension in that Ooh. film oh, yeah. because yeah. their budgetary restrictions killed the shark <laughs> before they ever killed the shark at the end. Uh, and it really helped the movie and mm -hmm. our little budgetary restrictions actually kind of helped our movie a little bit in the end, because, uh, you know, as you said, and as a lot of audience members I've heard have said that they kind of dig the fact that there, it's not such a gore fest. It's not such a, you know, mm -hmm. a, a, a slasher shock scare thing it's it's more dramatic and it's 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 got more humor and quirk and character development than and and so it, it kind of draw, draws the audience in that way instead of with the cheap yeah uh, yeah you know scares and blood gags and stuff like that and you guys can say that for the sequel more blood and stuff in the sequel okay. yeah 
Hear that, Craig? Bit, sequel. Yeah, throw a little bit more blood into it in the in the <laughs> crumbs too. Yeah. Have it, listen here, Dave, Craig, oh, talk to you too. So just please. <laughs> fan funded film. Because us fans, we do fund these. We love funding these films. Kickstarter, baby. Boom. Get the bucks right. and deserve. There you go. Get some crowdfunding going. Because you guys do great work. So far, I've seen two of your movies. You guys are two for two in my in my book. And that's tough to say for um that's tough to say for anybody, whether it's indie or not, being two mm-hmm. for two. And that's true. Yeah. You guys are doing great. You guys are doing great. And you're doing, like I said, you're doing your own type of stories. Yes, you might have similar ideas to other stories, but you're making it your own story. It's not like shot by shot by shot, like, okay, this is this is thanks, this is not Thanksgiving. Uh this is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, it's not. It's, it has similar yeah. to it as far as the family and what they do to an to an extent, and then that's it. And then you guys take it your own way and make it your own story, which I think is just great. And I loved that yeah, night the part now where the guy comes in with the selfie stick and just recording everything. Letter <laughs> 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 was not. I like that kid. Uh, that, that kid. Um, oh gosh, darn it! His name is escaping me now. I see him on Facebook a lot these days. Um, Damn it, dude! Sorry. But if you see this podcast, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going up on your name right now. But uh, I, I really liked that kid on set. Uh, the the couple two or three days that those kids were on set, the the millennials, uh, they were a lot of fun. And I thought his his performance especially uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to share uh, a bit of screen time with him, and uh, he was cool to work with. Uh, I was going to ask, Marie, uh, you know what? (laughs) My train of thought just jumped its track. Um, Let me get back to that. (laughs) Yeah, it happens. What this scene, too, what I like is the whole, the kids come in there. Yeah, you got the cool kid with the sunglasses, of course. You always have one of those. But um, the one girl, she's really upset because there's no internet there. I'm just like, I forgot that there was kids that grew up or that are growing up that have never had no internet or like that era of no internet. Like I'm old enough to where I was born in 85. I'm old enough to know what, like there was a time where nobody had the internet or very, 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 very few people had the internet to where it's just, you didn't miss it because you didn't have it. You didn't know what it was. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, like, for example, when you go to a place like this, the bed and breakfast or something, and you, you go there for the scenery, you go there to get for a getaway, you go there to get away from everything, get away from work and just phones, which was just a freaking is either a regular cell phone or a house phone. There was no extra stuff on there. And I'm like, okay, but nowadays these kids have well, I do too now. But I'm just saying nowadays kids have all this stuff. So it's like I have my computer right in my hand, my little I, when we go on vacation, we're taking this yeah. and it's like you're going on vacation pretty much just doing the same damn thing. And I think I like how the two the families are so different from everybody else because they were like blocked away from that world. And I love how mm-hmm. Victoria was asking, what why don't we have the internet? Right. What don't you want me to see? Why don't we have the internet? Because when we'll see yeah. the, what is Wi-Fi pretty much? And I just like stuff like that. I thought it was cool. You know what was so much fun for me was building the backstories of those characters. Um uh because uh, and and Maria and I and Chelsea and Anton all got together into a Facebook chat and uh, and shared our uh, brainstormed our our family backstories and we kind of 
took all of our ideas and kind of made them into a cohesive story uh, about, you know, where we came from, how long ago we started this. Yeah. And, uh, and what you just said about Chelsea's character uh, and the internet. And we talked about that, like, you know, why is, if, if she's, if she's been around this long and she's this old, why is it just now that she's starting to ask these questions? And, you know, we came up with this whole, just the fact of the, she started taking the serum when she was a young girl. And so it kind of stopped her hormonal, uh, uh, it stopped that in its tracks. It, it, it just, uh, yeah. it remained, or it didn't stop her hormonal, but, but she remained hormonally an 18 year old kid for mm. who knows, a yeah. hundred years uh, or more, and, but she's all and and we've just had this ultra sheltered existence that we've kept her in uh, throughout all of our our all the chapters of our lives in those past yeah. hundred years or whatever since we've been around, mm -hmm. and uh, that was a fun part of of developing the characters was asking and answering those questions. Uh, and that's another thing that if we ever get a sequel, I would love to be able to flesh some of those things out, maybe introduce yeah. some of that backstory that we came in, into some, some, maybe some, some uh, uh, flashback scenes for the characters in a, in a sequel. So when Which, you guys get a sequel, we're going to put this in the air. When you guys get a sequel, let's put it in gear. Let's get that Kickstarter crowdfunding started. Uh, this would be my first uh, sequel I've ever done. If uh, if it did happen, I've I've never been in a movie uh, in in a franchise. Of course, I've only been in a handful. Maria, you've got uh, two hundred IMDb credits, films that you've been in or so. How many franchises? How many franchises and sequels have you done? I think seven. I think I'm involved in se seven different franchises. Yeah, from things like Killjoy to Percy Jackson to Paranormal Activity to Bunny Man. Um, I forget, um, but I did actually sit and count them um, once, and I think the, the quantity that I came up with was seven different franchises. Nice. Wow. Nice. Yeah. If you look at my IMDb page and you look at Maria's IMDb page, you'll see that we have very different career paths as actors. I don't even consider myself a career actor. I consider myself a professional actor, uh, but I'm not a career actor. I'm more of a I'm more of a hobbyist as an actor. I just kind of take the work that comes to me. I don't go out and uh, really actively chase down every lead on on a role. Uh, I just, I, I'm too busy with my, with my day job, making money, you know, keeping food, keeping the mortgage paid and all of that. Uh, and I really kind of, I, I mean, I just enjoy my life too much to, to, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure you enjoy your life a lot as a, as a career actress. And I think I would enjoy my life a lot more as a career actor, but I just don't have the, uh, I don't have the ambition that a lot of actors have toward really chasing it as a career. Um, but I know Maria, you've been, you've been an actress for 
how many years and how many films and how many continents have you shot on? I mean, that's got to be awesome. That's awesome. I don't know how many I stopped counting. Um, <laughs> I started performing when I was six, you know, way back in South Africa, way back when in the day. Um, recently, though, um, I've also stopped pursuing. I, I leave that up to my agent now, you know, because I think I've I've reached where I can with the indie world. I mean, it has to be an exceptional production that I'm in the indie world that I need to be a part of now because I've just got so many indie films that I, I want to try and grow rather than just stay on the same platform, shall we speak, shall we say. Mm -hmm. um, and also COVID shutting down everything and its cat, obviously. Um, so yeah. the, the environment is not really conducive to hunting down leads and, 50 different states and trying to go and shoot there because it that's not a good idea right now. Um, I envy so the stage that you're at. I, I I job. Yeah. Hmm? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just like working my day job now and no worries. And um, just taking the opportunities that either I am offered by my indie friends or that come to me via my agent. Yeah. You know, I don't, go out and hunt things down anymore. Yeah. I, I envy the stage that you're at, that, that the work comes looking for you now that you don't have to go looking for the work, uh, which is, well, that's, that's the place we all want to be as actors. Um, and hopefully someday I'll get there. Maybe one or one, of, maybe, you know, the crumbs and the crumbs too, will get enough traction that people will start going, you know, Who's that Jeff Hatch guy? We need to give him a call because I got a I got a role I think was right for him. I uh, love what he did with the Doctor Benjamin thing and uh, Crumb. Yeah, really good. And the Demon Fighter that was pretty good too. We're so. all at different stages, you know. I hope someday to actually get more opportunities in network television and studio films. Yeah. I haven't swum in those waters for years, you know. So, but who knows where we'll all end up? I don't know, just carrying on with the ride. <laughs> that's, that's good, though. I mean, it's always great to have goals, and it's just – I feel like if a lot of people see the crumbs, they're going to see your guys' great work as actors and actresses in this film. And that's across the board, too. I feel like everybody did – every part Every part that they did, I feel like it was, like, the right person for that mm – -hmm. for that um, – Role. That's the word I'm looking for. For that role, I feel like everybody had the right role for their character. The way they just portrayed that character. Like when I see the crumb, the Doctor Crumb, I'm just like, "That's you. <laughs> That's you." And you, you guys did an amazing job with it. And I feel like just the story was great. I love the story. Just it's just a great movie. It's a fun movie. And I'm even gonna say, people, we need more holiday horror. We need a Thanksgiving one. I feel like this fits because you have the family getting together, eating dinner together. For like a big, big meal, mm -hmm. you don't always see them eating, but when you do, you know, doesn't matter what. Yeah. It's Thanksgiving. This is a Thanksgiving. Yeah. It, it could, it could, it could work as a as a whole holiday season horror film because you know holidays are all about getting together with the family and friends and 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 that's what this movie has a lot of, a lot of family. And uh, and it shows like 
in a strange way, it shows love between a family. It shows, <laughs> I'm just, it can it, twist that kind of love, but yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. What it's showing is like, when I say that, showing like how strong a family's bond is and how yeah. they'll stick together. Yeah. In- including the adopted member of the family, yeah. Leonard. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, yeah. we've got, you know, we've got a whole father-son bond uh, that that's happening between him and Dr. Benjamin, and uh, and when there's you know competition and disagreement between the two, you see that family tension and the butting of heads between you know his character and mine. And uh, that's a strong guy. I will say that. I was like, oh man, you got yourself. Yeah, it had some strong moments in the in that uh, in relationship between me and uh, and Leonard's character uh, who. Uh, I, I was, I was particularly, uh, impressed by that young man, by Anton Clark in the role of Leonard. Uh, it's, it's like one of his first experiences as an actor. It's his first feature film Mm. and his first, uh, his first, you know, lead or you might say strong supporting, uh, role in a feature film. And, uh, he really ran with it and did a great job and really, you know, uh, brought that character to life and bodied him. I loved it. I liked working with that kid. Yeah, I thought, again, I think everybody did a really good job, and this is why we need a Crumbs too, David and Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Your lips to God's ears. Your lips to David <laughs> and Craig's ears, too. I'm going to have to send Craig. Yeah. Say, listen, Craig, we need a Craig. We need a Crumbs too. Yep. And, and a three and a four would make a whole franchise out of it. Why not? Maybe, you know, part two can kind of, each one can kind of get deeper in the story. Yeah, we can, we can go back to yeah. the 50s. We can go back to the, to the turn of the century and see what they were doing back then. Well, we, could even, we could even go into the, into the near future. We could go into like, you know, 2035 and see what they're doing in 2035. You know, absolutely. Do they still yeah. have that bed and breakfast. Have they been run out of town yet? We don't know, but we'll find out. <laughs> make it happen because <laughs> again this is this is really something that i feel like everybody should definitely go see and you'll see why there should at least be at the very least there should be a sequel yeah and i just let leonard's character i <laughs> when those four kids leave he he looks so pissed off just staring at the car the whole time like that would scare the hell out of me a big old dude just not wanting you somewhere and you're whatever size you are there's really nothing you could do about it with no weapons I thought that those four characters were were kind of a nice head fake to the audience because I think that's the part of the movie where you think, oh, this is now this is going to turn into a teenage, you know, teenager, hot teenager running through the woods slasher movie. And now we're going to get to the, you know, the screaming and the killing and the running and, you know, all the stuff that we come to expect from these kind of type of movies. But it kind of fakes you out because that's not exactly what happens with those kids at the end. Very true. And it's this movie also showed passion as far as the motorcycle guy. Um you guys saved his life. Like literally saved his life. Yeah. I'll say twice at that. I th- that was uh that kid had a great moment on screen with uh Maria uh mm-hmm. in that in that uh one little like sort of confessional scene. Yeah. Uh, where yeah. he's where he's talking to your character, and uh, I remember you you had a great day on set uh, with his character and working with him. Yep. Yeah, um, 
that was the character I enjoyed working with the most because of the backstory I had created, you know, and that caused the most conflict between us, um, Dr. Yeah. Benjamin and Irene as well, which yeah. also made for a very fun, you know, scene in, in the, um, the workshop, the, the lab. Yeah. That was my favorite, my, my favorite bit of screen time. And when I, cut my uh when i cut my material my promotional material out for my reel that's definitely mm -hmm. going to be one of the scenes that i use uh for my promotional material for my for my work and um yeah you were definitely my favorite uh person to work with on set uh in terms of the core family characters uh and i, uh -huh. I would say i would say that lens the uh the 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 kid with the glasses and the selfie stick with the millennial group he was my favorite of the of our guests that i got to work with right. yeah yeah and and i i'm i'm guessing your favorite guest was uh was was motorcycle man oh cameron absolutely cameron. um yeah i always gravitate towards the heavier emotions so mm -hmm. that one takes the cake as far as i and irene are concerned absolutely with Cameron, yeah, yeah. What I what I liked about that scene is how he, you know, he tells his story. You know, once he comes back, he tells his story, and mm. your character and Chelsea's character are pretty much talking to him. And then, like, they pretty much told you and Lenny, like, this isn't going to happen. No, and you guys, you kind of, yeah. they're just like, all right, listen, yeah. I, I better listen to them. <laughs> pretty much, I better just listen. I'm just going to shut up yeah. and listen. And that's what you guys did, which I but yeah. it, it gave that realism to it though and, and like a family dynamic because not necessarily with what's going on in this movie, but just in general, that family dynamic, things like that happen, like disagreements happen to where you're just like, all right, I gotta oh, yeah. you go to the side, just shut up, listen and agree with it. Even if I don't want to, I gotta shut up, listen and agree with it. Yeah. One of the one of the reviews that I read and uh this this is probably where where I kind of uh, reveal myself to be to be not quite at the same uh, level of of the profession as Maria because like like you said Maria you don't watch a lot of yourself on screen um, mm -hmm. and you know because I'm like I said I'm I'm not a career actor I'm more of a casual <laughs> actor uh, mm -hmm. and so. Uh, I, I tend to watch what I do on screen because I, I, you know, I, uh, I try to critique myself, my own work so that I can see what worked and what didn't, uh, uh as far as what I did on screen. I like to watch myself back to see what I'm doing. And, and, and am I, I'm, I'm usually my harshest critic. I usually, watch my performances back and go ooh that wasn't very good ooh, that, that that moment didn't quite work oh my accent wasn't quite consistent there uh, all of a sudden i slipped into a northern what happened there you know that kind of thing uh but um, yeah and i and and the other bad habit that i have if it's a bad habit i don't know uh is that i i like to read the reviews on the movies that i've done so uh, i've read a bunch of the reviews uh on the uh on the crumbs mm -hmm. and you know it as as a as an actor it kind of bothered me that some of these reviewers just kind of didn't get it uh i i'm betting that that doesn't really bother you 
uh, as much as many films as you've done you're probably like yeah no they're just gonna say what they're gonna say and they're gonna just let the the audience have whatever reaction well, yeah gonna. but one of the one of the that's absolutely true and we can Hmm? Go ahead. One of the what? Uh, one of the one of the critiques that we got was uh, was a reviewer who thought that you know that the uh, the Cameron scene was just like uh, a gratuitous uh, uh, nod to being PC uh, about you know e equality and, and whatnot. And I was like, no, that's that's not really what it was for. That scene was was mm -hmm. what that scene was really for was to show Irene's compassion for the kid. It, it wasn't it wasn't to be right. a nod to PC culture. Uh, but somebody, one of, yeah, the, yeah. one of the reviewers, was like, yeah, they had a they had like an anti racism message and an anti homophobia message, and and those didn't really pay off and. You know, don't even know why they decided to do that, except just to give a nod to PC culture and and kind of be woke or whatever. And it's like, no, 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 that wasn't what it was for. The the racism yeah. stuff was was because of what was the tension between my character and Anton's, and the the yeah the equality gay equality stuff was because of the 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 tension between your character and mine because right you yeah. Because you saw this kid as a human being, he humanized himself for you because he reminded you of your brother, your late exactly. brother. Yeah, and that yeah. created uh, empathy in you and sympathy, and it made you see this kid not as a victim. And so that created the tension between your character and mine. It wasn't just thrown in to be PC people. It was there was there was. <laughs> storytelling purpose in those characters being who they were. See, with comments and stuff, what I've realized is people will leave negative, not everybody, some people some people will leave like a negative comment as to why, like a detailed negative thing as to why they didn't like something. Others will do it just for attention because they're hoping that someone will like, hey, I was a part of this movie. Why didn't, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, I was just trying to get your attention because as, as humans... Why we do this to ourselves, I don't know. We gravitate towards the negativity thrown against us versus the positivity. The positivity, you're just like, oh, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. But then the negativity, you're just like, holy shit, I have to defend myself. And it's like, if you ignore those more, a lot of people are trolls, but then there is a lot of people who, who are just like really critiquing the movie for what they for what they feel it is for them, which I feel is fair. That's what I do as a podcaster. <laughs> and I feel that's fair, but I do, again, there is those trolls mm -hmm. that just type a bunch of stuff up just for that attention because that's what gets the attention in this world in general, the, the negativity, the negative stuff. And the, when that positive comes by, you're just like, oh, cool. But then when that negative comes by, it's just like a, a month's worth of discussion. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to just ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> when a film is released, um, it's, it's out there. It becomes the property of whoever watches it. Mm -hmm. As in, everyone is free to have their own opinion and to publicize that opinion in any way which they want. Um, it's everyone's going to interpret everything differently. So I just, yeah, sure, I read reviews, but I don't usually seek them out to read them. And I never, 
refute them. If someone doesn't understand the accent or the purpose of a scene or what I'm doing or why my character is doing whatever it is, I will usually nine times out of a hundred not comment or correct or anything like that. Um, the it's you know everyone's open to have their own opinion and if it's out there it's 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 out there for that like any other piece of art you know i could walk into i don't know los angeles museum of modern art and go oh my god i hate that sculpture i have no fucking clue what's going on i yeah you know and that's just as, as valid a criticism of whatever sculpture that is as somebody saying, I hate this movie. Um, I've been in what people have called, oh, this is the worst movie ever. I think I've been in five worst movie evers. You know, um, reaction to my character in I Spit on Your Grave Deja Vu ranges from I'm absolutely brilliant to don't ever let her on the screen again sort of things. And you just have to learn to reconcile that. And um, I don't think it's healthy to not to ignore everything, mm -hmm. but I also don't think it's healthy to take anything to heart. You know, just when I'm on set, I, I do my best and I am content when my director says, cut, prep, moving on, as in he or she has got what they want. It's not up to me to say, oh, I didn't like that. Let me do it again. It's, is my director happy? And if they're happy with the performance, that's fine. Just like Jeff, I will look at myself on screen and go, oh, I look horrible. I'm too fat. I didn't get that moment right. I should have done that. I don't need all that shit in my life because the next time I'm on set, I will go with the purity and the truth of the emotional through line of the scene and what, what makes my director happy. And that's all that's important to me. Really it is, you know, and that's, I don't know, maybe I'm strange. No, that's just no, it's, uh, it's, it's a very healthy uh, perspective. And I think one, one that I can learn from for sure. <laughs> Stop arguing with Twitter trolls, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> you just said it. What would I do with my free time if I didn't have Twitter trolls? That's true. <laughs> that is true. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> but um And I never block anyone on social media either. I just unfriend or unfollow. Mm -hmm. I will never block. So, I, I block the ones that are abusive. I, I block the ones that are abusive. The the ones that just are like, you mm -hmm. know, screaming at you in all caps and, and multiple cuss words. I don't have time for that. Block. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with blocking. Yeah, I just don't respond. I get so many messages like, hello, hi, are you there? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not here. You know, if someone comes at me with an actual question or a script or a proposition or an offer or whatever, absolutely. Yeah. But if it's just, hello, no, yeah. go away. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, this is a fun episode right here. And again, before uh, we end this, Craig, David, the crumbs too. We, we need this. We need this. Make it happen. <laughs> 
do it for the fans. Indiegogo or whatever Kickstarter you guys want to use. Have some cool, you know, have some cool things for the fans. Yeah. DVD, you know, DVDs, Blu-rays, and whatever else, pins, shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. We'll gravitate towards it. We'll get it. We'll buy it. We've been buying the same Hollywood horror movies, the same movies for the past 20 years. So <laughs> yep. something, yeah. something new. Yeah, it's nice to have something different. And and they definitely they definitely do different in, in their films. I, I think you're gonna like Demon Fighter as well for the same reason, because it's it it's it's different. It's it's real. I I mean it's it's got a, a familiar uh, formula, uh, you know, the horror formula of of the demonic possession. Uh, you'll see that that that's there, but they definitely do something different with the characters that uh, that that will make that movie stand out as well. I have a strong supporting role in that movie as well. I can't wait. Which I don't think I, I don't think they would let want me to talk about it, uh, but. I'm, uh, I already know they won't because before, way before this movie came out, Craig told me about the title. He didn't tell me too. I don't think he told me too much about the movie at all. He was like, <laughs> I can't say anything about it, and he was like, as far as interviews go, he was like, can you please just keep it under wrap? You know, the crumb stuff under wraps. Interview for I was doing Evil Down the Street at the time, so I was like, yeah, I'll talk about Evil Down the Street and the people that I had on. So they said what they could say about the crumbs, which is pretty much nothing. Just like it's going to be, you guys definitely want to look out for it. It'll be out <coughs> last year. So, you know, it'll be out next year. And this, so I get how that goes. So, people listen, podcasters, we might get a few sneak peeks and a few things behind the scenes, but not all the time. And Craig's just, he just keeps his lips buttoned, which I'm sick of it, Craig. You got to get, you got to tell me more. <laughs> got to open up. Yes. <laughs> that's my two things I want from Craig and David I want you guys to tell me more not anybody else just me and we want a crumbs party you gotta you gotta ply them with alcohol that's 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 the way I get them to open up to me but, I'd, but you, I'd have you to know. get to them then <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta get in person with them and buy them a beer They're, hey COVID go away so I can do this <laughs> but um, I, I do want to thank yeah, you right? for coming on I had a great great time if there's anything you guys want to plug, now's the time you guys can go ahead and plug away. And if there's any links, when you guys get a chance, you can either send it to me on the Facebook Messenger thing or in the group chat or email them to me. And I'm going to try my best to get this episode out. What's today? Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to try to get this episode out by no later than Wednesday. And I'll also send it to you guys when it's out. And um, Great. Thank you. The links and stuff will be like right in the description if you guys send me any links. Uh, okay. Maria, I know you've got you've got to have movies to plug right now, right? You've been working. Um, let me see. There, there were a couple out earlier this year, maybe about five or something like that, which I just need to like remember which ones they are and see where they are. Um, but it's sort of kind of been a bit quiet. I mean, there was a gap for me. I shot a. Uh, feature and a short film in February, and then I didn't shoot until October. Mm. So literally everything shut down. So mm. anyway, but yeah, there are a couple that are out there that could possibly need some more amplification, shall we say. And of course, those are those that I cannot talk about. 
So here we go with this again. See what I mean? Can <laughs> I even give it the title? So yeah. Well, I can plug. Uh, watch, you know, for next year. Watch for Demon Fighter from uh, CRA Entertainment. And uh, if if you'd like to see more of what I've done in in my acting work, uh, both The Crumbs and a movie I did at, uh, about a year and a half before The Crumbs called Black Mark is also on Amazon Prime. And uh, as a matter of fact, I think uh, all of my bigger roles in indie films are on Amazon Prime. Uh, the other one is called I'm Still Here, which is a, a very, uh, it's not for everybody. It's a, it's a movie about child sex trafficking. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I play uh, a, a pervert. <laughs> And uh, not an unsavory character in that one. And uh, there is a there is a movie. There's a franchise called Mega Shark from the same people who brought you the shark the Sharknado movies, mm -hmm. the Asylum the, the Asylum productions. Uh, they also have a franchise called Mega Shark. I'm in the fourth movie installment of that franchise called Mega Shark versus Colossus, nice. which is. Uh, a giant shark fighting a giant robot, which uh, was fun. And, uh, it, it, and it's as good as it sounds. Uh, but uh, it, it's, it's one of those movies that's, that's uh, you know, it, it's, it's mystery science 3000 theater type fodder. It's, it's fun. It's fun to watch those kind of movies and, and just uh, uh, rip them uh, for the, you know the cliches and the yeah. bad acting and the bad <laughs> and the bad CGI and all of that, but uh, it's it's a fun, cool movie. Um, but I, I really always try to turn people on to check me out in uh, Black Mark. Uh, it's a 1960s Cold War spy thriller. Uh, I played a title character in that uh, a guy named Black Mark, uh, who is uh, pretty much the the. And the main antagonist of the movie. Uh, I'm always playing antagonists. I'm always playing bad guys. I'm always playing uh, uh, to type, I guess. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of proud of that movie because it, on a micro budget, uh, they got so much production value out of that film. I think that it really stands up well uh, against, uh, as, a, as a micro budget indie, it holds its own uh, against some of the other cold war spy thrillers of the same era uh that it tries to emulate uh with its little mm -hmm. tiny budget and and bargain priced actors uh but i i was really proud of it i think it's a great script i think it's a good story it, uh, it definitely takes some paying attention to because the the story gets pretty complex um, and there's a lot of little hints and clues that you can miss easily if you're not paying attention but uh black mark that that's the one that i that i'm proudest of uh aside from the crumbs of course uh that i like to steer people to uh so i'm plugging that one and uh you can follow me uh at my facebook page jeff hatch actor uh and uh the hatchinator at the hatchinator on twitter uh, the hatchinator now next time i have you on i'm just going to refer to you as the hatchinator I have to. <laughs> I used to get that. That that's all. The, uh, a few places that I've been, people uh, 
people found out that was my my handle <laughs> on Twitter, my nickname uh, in college, and they started calling me the Hatchinator, and that, that kind of stuck. So I've, hey, it I've used it as my I've used it as my Twitter handle and uh, my my Instagram handle and all of that kind of stuff. It works. But yeah, again, thank you guys both for coming on. Had a great, great. Thank time. you for having us. Yeah. We got to do this again, when, especially for the crumbs too, that Craig and David are going to make at our demands. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, though, just when you guys get a chance, no rush, of course, just send me your links. And once this episode comes out, I'll make sure that the links that you guys, just, you know, the movies you discussed and I'll have the links down below. And to all the listeners out there, everybody who's watching this episode, when it comes out, watch the crumbs on Amazon prime. <clears throat> It's yeah. a great movie. You're going to have a good time with it. And it's it's really one of those movies to where you can watch it with your significant other because you guys that know my show, you know I watch a lot of crazy shit that your guys, I'll say most of your wives won't watch. Most of our wives won't watch. My wife just leaves the room. This isn't one of those. I promise. This this I might I might have hurt some relationships or started some arguments with, with some of the movie selections, but yeah. this will mend that. This will fix that. So definitely go and watch this movie. Not exactly a family, film, but maybe a date night film. Yeah, date yeah. night with the wife. You know, the kids are asleep. Have some dinner and watch this movie, and you're gonna you're really gonna enjoy it. I really do feel that way. Yeah, but again, hey man, thanks, Aaron. This has been a great. Uh, it's been a great time. Thank you guys for coming on, and like you're I welcome. to do this again. Enjoy the rest. Oh, sure. of your, I don't know which side of the world you got, if California or what. So enjoy the rest of your evening or afternoon. And we'll do. We'll definitely talk soon. We'll definitely talk soon. Awesome! Awesome. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You too.